0: We're continuing in our study of the life of Paul and we are uh, now beginning to look at the early life of the apostle as we know in the book of Acts. So we are looking today at the uh, background of the life of Saul and his early life as recorded uh, throughout the scriptures, not only in the book of Acts but also in the remainder of the New Testament. Let's uh, stop for a word of prayer as we begin. Our Father in heaven, we pray for your blessing on this study. As we consider the beginnings of the life of the man named Saul and its importance for the life of the church, uh, we ask that you would give us insight into the scriptures that we're reading and considering, help us to understand who this individual was, and through that, that we might be able to understand how miraculous uh, the events that occurred in his life were. We pray that all of these things would be a blessing to our hearts by your Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Saul was born and raised in Tarsus of Cilicia. In modern-day terms, that would be southern Turkey, and the passages of Scripture that we refer to that give us insight into this location of his uh, birthplace. uh, We go to Acts chapter 9, verse 11, chapters 21, verses 39, and then chapter 22, and verse 3. What do we know about the man named Saul? Saul means asked for and it was his Hebrew name, his, uh, probably his given name uh, by his Hebrew family. We're also told that he has another name, and Luke, uh, the author of the book of Acts, begins calling him by this name after chapter 13. And this is the name Paul. Paul means little. So you have two different names. Why the use of two different names here? Well, one is his Hebrew name, and one is his Roman name, and this would be uh, called, very specifically, a cognomen. The Romans typically had a tri-name, or three different names. They would have uh, your personal name, and so this was most likely Saul uh, for the apostle. Then you would have the family name, the name that was passed down from generation to generation. This might be roughly equivalent to sort of our uh, last name. We are not necessarily told what uh, Saul's last name was or what his nomen was, in the three-name system, Uh, but his cognomen is most likely Paul or Paulus uh, in Greek, and this would have been a Roman uh, way of identifying him that would have been used in uh, more public settings, Roman settings, so Saul is His Hebrew name, more of a personal name, uh, whereas Paul is more applicable to use among Greeks and Romans. That becomes very significant in the later part of the book of Acts after chapter 13 when Luke shifts from calling him Saul to exclusively calling him Paul. Now, when we look at Acts chapter 13, I'll make some more comments at that time on why the shift in these two names. don't want to give it away just yet, but I think there is a reason why Luke changes from using Saul to speak of the apostle and later using Paul. Now what do we know about the early life of this individual other than the fact that he was born and raised in Tarsus of Cilicia? Jewish youths began learning the scriptures after about five years of age, if not before. And through some of their traditions, they would have come to uh, know and understand some of the scriptures through song and through some of the festivals that they participated in prior to that. The traditions of the Jews that uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees and others from the New Testament period, uh, held so near and dear to them, began being taught to Jewish youths about the age of 10. So he would have been studying scripture from about five years of age, if not before, and he would have begun studying the Jewish traditions Uh, that were uh, important among the Jewish people of that time around the age of 10. Now, at about 13 years of age, he probably became what's called a bar mitzvah, or a son of the commandment and would have gone to study directly under a Jewish rabbi. This was likely the time when Saul would have moved from uh, Tarsus of Cilicia to the city of Jerusalem. Now in Acts 22 and verse 3, as Paul is speaking there, he gives an account that he studied under a man by the name of Gamaliel. And this is most likely Gamaliel the Elder or Gamaliel the First, one of the greatest rabbis of the first century. In Acts chapter 5, And verses 34 through 40, we have Gamaliel speaking to the Pharisees there. And uh, I want to read shortly from his quotation in those verses, Acts chapter 5 and verse 34 and following. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So Gamaliel here is showing great discernment, even as a Jewish Pharisee who opposed the way of Jesus he still understands if it's ultimately from God, nothing is going to stand in its way. And I do think Luke is making this point here as sort of an allusion to one of the disciples of Gamaliel, Saul of Tarsus, later on realizing that he has been opposing uh, the God of Israel through his actions. So he studies under Gamaliel. This means that he would have been a very bright, very gifted individual, perhaps one of the best in the group of the Pharisees, a star up-and-coming student. Now scholars debate whether Paul would have been married or not. Uh, It is clear that he's not married during the time when he travels on his missionary journeys, as no word is spoken of of a wife, and he urges those uh, at the city of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 7-8 to remain single, he says, as I do. It's possible, however, that he was formerly married before his conversion. There are some uh, traditions, Jewish traditions, that uh, point toward Pharisees in the ruling sect um, needing to uh, be married for relational purposes. And so it's possible that he was married prior to his conversion and as a result of his newfound faith that perhaps his uh, wife left him or abandoned him. However, uh, it seems like the evidence for that is a little bit lacking. Most likely, Paul is young enough as a Pharisee, uh, up-and-coming Pharisee, that he is not yet married, that he's remained single and continues to remain single uh, throughout his life. Now, Paul gives us some more information about himself in Philippians chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. He tells us several things about his life prior to coming to faith in Christ. And so when we read verses 5 and 6 of Philippians chapter 3, we read uh, these words. He says, uh, going back in verse 4, I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Now that gives us several things about his life in quick succession. He was circumcised on the eighth day, so this shows the devotedness of his family. He was of the people of Israel. Obviously, he's a Hebrew, but he even knows his family's lineage. He's of the tribe of Benjamin. He is a Hebrew of Hebrews. And I think what this tells us is that he was very devout in all of the ways of uh, Judaism. In Galatians chapter 1, In verses 13 and 14, we even get a a fuller picture of what's going on here. Galatians 1, uh, verses 13 and 14, it says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. I think this is an indication that Saul of Tarsus was perhaps one of the best and brightest students that Gamaliel had ever had. It shows us that, uh, in his words, he is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's an excelling uh, individual. He says, as to the law, he was a Pharisee, And uh, these might have uh, felt especially threatened by Christians, Pharisees, as they were the ruling religious leaders in Jerusalem. If Christianity was true, if Jesus really had come as the Messiah, then the Pharisees had rejected him and opposed him. And uh, even if they had not they would have been ousted by his authority, and that was something they were not willing to let go of. And so he calls himself a Pharisee, allies himself with the group of the Pharisees. He says, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. And we will see as we study through Acts chapter 7 and 8, how zealous Saul is. And then he says, as to righteousness under the law, blameless now this is important in his mind he believed himself to be without fault perfectly following and obeying the lord it wasn't until the risen jesus appeared to him that he would change his mind so this tells us about paul's background as saul of tarsus an important jewish up-and-coming Pharisee. Now, as a Roman citizen, he had access to certain rights. He could vote if he were present in Rome. He could not be subject to degrading forms of punishment like scourging. And he had the right to appeal to Rome in place of punishment by uh, local authorities. Coming from the city of Tarsus, Tarsus was a leading center of Stoic philosophy. So he would have been versed in the philosophies of the Greeks and some of their important conversations. Now, in our next session, we will look at the first time we see Saul appear in Scripture in Acts chapter 7 at the stoning of Stephan. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.